0: I think this has to be the new anthem uh, worldwide and on this program, a little Freddie Mercury I think I've played it every day this week uh, on an in-cue or an out-cue coming in or out of a segment as we round out our final half hour of the program. A little update on that local gym owner who uh, decided to defy the government restrictions. Uh, He has since been given a misdemeanor for opening during the stay-at-home order. Received a citation. He'll have to appear in court, according to the sheriff's office. And uh, I've got a few things. Uh, One, the guy seemed like a very sensible guy in the way in which he went about reopening. Was taking people's temperatures, uh, moving, going into the gym. He already practices somewhat uh, of a, a, proced- a protocol where the people are distanced uh, basically because it's a private gym, a 9,000 square foot uh, space. He says uh, at any given time there's the max in there, about nine or ten people, so people are distanced uh, naturally. Very sanitized because I don't know if you've ever been to a gym. As soon as you're done using the piece of equipment, you wipe it down. With the spray they have, so he's been cited, and they say further penalties could be assessed if, in fact, he decides to stay open. So I have a few things that popped up in my mind. Why, at the beginning, why, if you were going to break government restrictions, why would you go to the news? I think it brings unnecessary attention to you. I'd be kind of wanted to hide out and be like, yeah, we're opening, come through the back door, use the secret knock. And two, did the local sheriff's office receive a complaint? According to the report at of W.W.A.Y., they would not look into the opening of the gym unless receiving a formal complaint. So there's a rat amongst the folks in and around Muscle Works Fitness here in Wilmington. Yael Lasowski is with us from the Consumer Choice Center this morning. Also host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, good morning. Good
1: morning, Joe. Do you hear me live I, on the radio?
0: Loud and clear. And, uh, you know, you just got to use that secret knock. You know, just give me that secret knock and we let you in. Like the speakeasies back in the Thanks day. So much.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, you're allowed to take my temperature if you want, but I, I have to warn you, it's going to be in Celsius.
0: <sighs> in Celsius. And I can't say, I can't figure out if it's the alcohol withdrawals from last night's uh, blue shark vodka that uh, I was consuming, or maybe I have a temperature. I, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it could well be. I saw those pictures, Joe. That was nice.
0: Yes, uh, you know, I have a buddy of mine that does this uh, down in Louisiana. He had President Trump on yesterday. I had the uh, Blue Shark vodka. So uh, that's I guess speaks volumes to the way we go about our radio program day to day. But with that said, Yael, the beaches of Orange County, California will be closed this weekend. Uh, How will the Californians respond to Governor Gavin Newsom's restrictions that he has put back on place in the beaches of Southern California?
1: You know, I I don't understand this. It's been happening across the country. It happened right there, uh, not far from your studio, Joe. I don't understand why you need to shut down the beach. Um, This is very much like when we had these government shutdowns. And basically, the government was spending more money to put up barricades or barriers around national monuments. It's as if we're now doing these things so arbitrarily. You know, are the people of California going to obey? Uh, who knows perhaps, but you know as soon as you start putting restrictions out there, people are going to start questioning them. You've already seen people getting very upset in California. Um, this is not a place that is very struck by a lot of things that are happening. Um, more so New York, New Jersey. Uh, Of course, California is very populous and there are a lot of cases. But then again, do we really need to resort to more lockdowns and using our police to enforce people not going on the beach? Yeah, that just does not sound like where this is any kind of medical decision. It sounds it's more like a government decision and just a way to to try to practice some kind of power over citizens. So I hope people kind of Question this and can push back a little bit against the governor. Uh, Just insanity. We should, um, we can practice social distancing at the beach. You know, it's not as if uh, we're more prone to get uh, the the virus just because we're hanging out in the sand and um, having a, a little bit of waves there in the ocean
0: yeah I think uh, well we have uh, opened up uh, some of the beaches here at least for exercise, uh, not hanging out. Uh, that may change uh, towards uh, the end of next week. I know at least one of our beaches uh, will be lifting up uh, the public parking restrictions that have been in place. You can't publicly park in the spaces uh, on most of the beach towns that we have that may change in a week from now. Uh, other than that uh, you know we'll see how this shakes out here in North Carolina. I think you know as data driven, or data driven lists, uh, things were at the beginning of this. It's amazing how our elected officials have utilized now the data that we don't necessarily have to make the case as to why we should continue to stay locked down.
1: Yeah, because uh, I think if, if uh, your listeners remember Joe, this entire lockdown, the entire idea of quarantine, of lock in place, stay in place, shelter at home, the whole point was that we did not want to inundate our hospitals. And from what we see from the data, we haven't. There hasn't been this huge inundation across the country. You have it in select areas, again, in New York and New Jersey, Philadelphia, and these kind of places. But for the vast majority of the country, hospitals have not been inundated. Rather, what we've had is a lot of layoffs at hospitals. We've had hospitals that are on the verge of closing because they've had to cancel all uh, elective surgeries. You have healthcare professionals being laid off by the tens of thousands. So look, in the beginning... We understood kind of what it was about. We didn't want to inundate our hospitals. We didn't want everyone getting sick at the same time, being rushed to the emergency room. There not being enough doctors or supplies. We're not at that point, and uh, we weren't, thankfully. You know, I, I don't know if we need to go back and debate what happened in the past, but we're living in the present And in the present, people have already lost their jobs, Uh, people are now not able to afford their mortgage or their rent, they're now not able to bring food on their table because they're not able to work, and people who are somehow able to get through a lot of the loans from the Small Business Administration or anything else, and I know you've discussed this on your show, um, it's pretty confusing. And (laughs) it's it's very, very difficult for an average uh, Joe or Johnny to be able to do so. Look, uh, hopefully we can get over this very quickly. I think uh, there's, there's already a lot of skepticism about this. There's skepticism that's coming not just from business, uh, but also other people who are in the government, local citizens. And uh, probably my favorite clip lately has been Elon Musk. Uh, he's the one who's been really ramming against a lot of these lockdowns, um, at least in California and, and throughout the country, too.
0: Yeah, no question. He says, you know, give people their, well, freedom back, we'll say. And he says this lockdown is fascist. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks are awakening to the fact that even though there are areas of our country that have been hit extremely hard, that's not the case for many different states. And that a top-down, one-size-fits-all approach to this or anything else that is controlled by government is not the way we should be going about things.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is everyone says listen to the science, but the thing is, a science is something that people debate uh, people have different points of view. Uh, doctors w- will say one thing in one circumstance and you'll get a second opinion. Right. That's why we need to have second opinions. That's why we need to listen to as many people as possible, not just listen to one. We need to have competition. Um, it's very much a marketplace. You can have good ideas and bad ideas, and that's why people in the media, Joe, are here. That's why you're here. You're here to sift through that good and bad information. That's why people read newspapers or they listen to their TV sets. You know, we try to understand the best way that we can have. A good solid worldview sometimes it's not sometimes it is mired in fake news but look we're just trying to get by just trying to feed our families make sure we have a great life and live through virtue Joe what else is there
0: yeah yes uh, th- 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 Again, hand the responsibility back off to the people and let government get out of the way. I think uh, many people would would seize that opportunity to act responsibly amongst uh, their neighbors within their communities. And uh, here we are. Yet when you talk about the medical professionals and science and the differing viewpoints, it seems as if in the media you only get one type of viewpoint from the medical professionals any other doctor that may say this that or the other that counters that discussion well they're getting uh, censored on channels like youtube Uh, they're being heard from little i caught an op-ed in the new york post just the other day uh, an emergency room doctor in st barnabas hospital in the bronx the hardest hit area anywhere in the country uh, the epicenter and this emergency room doctor says we got to get back to work we got to reopen You don't hear that published across the national news media.
1: No, and that's fairly unfortunate, you know, because there are a lot of professionals who are out there. You know, I have friends who are nurses or or doctors in in various cities and areas, and, and the reality that they see every day is not what's portrayed on the news what they know is that their halls are empty. Uh, what they know is that there's a lot of budget cuts that are coming. Um, they're actually scared for their jobs. You know, these are healthcare professionals. These are the heroes of the moment. And uh, a lot of them that aren't in these, these very badly strict areas, it's a very different reality. And I think this is where, we, you know, your audience is, is very good at this, Joe, I think, is, and being critical being critical of stories that you read or things that come up you know there's always going to be different opinions i think that's why it's it's important to always have um, good, educated analysis around that so you can finally understand it. I mean, this this is not just uh, with media and what's happening now in this whole pandemic. You know, take all the skepticism that you are having currently at the moment. Apply that to everything that's happening with politics. Apply that to everything that's happening with overregulation of your life and the products that you use. It's kind of all around us, you know, and it's uh, it pokes its head every now and then. Um, But, you know, this is the kind of thing that gets us back on our feet, makes sure that we remain analytical, we remain critical, skeptical. I mean, there's so many things that are happening out there that we don't have control over, but the one thing we do have control over is the type of media we consume, the type of analysis that we listen to, and how we're going to use that to plan our life or to go about our day. So I I think I feel pretty empowered, Joe. I don't know about you.
0: No doubt, Uh, and uh, just trying to work and navigate my way through this uh, crazy world that uh, we are now living in. With that said, I'm glad that you are focused on other things besides of course this uh, Chinese communist virus and uh, the pushback, uh, the friction, the back and forth. Uh, do you find it difficult to uh, you know put your mind and uh, to you know look at other issues that are going on, uh, you know that seem like they may be on the back burner for a lot of different people. I caught a new article that you have at InsideSources.com dot com, looking at the American uh, judicial system, the legal system, and uh, whether or not uh, it is delivering justice uh, for those uh, who have to m- navigate that uh, situation. You had an interview last week with a fairly well-known person. Why don't you alert our listeners about that?
1: Sure. Yeah, last week we had an interview on Consumer Choice Radio with Jerry Buting. Um, if any of you have watched the Netflix series Making a Murderer, uh, which is uh, fairly popular, um, he was the attorney who was in season one of that program? So he's the one who was fighting for Stephen Avery, who's accused of murder. Uh, he was fighting for his life, and, and we sort of in the documentary see him having to navigate through the very bogus and garbage science that a lot of of the police officers or the state or the lawyers kind of threw up there. I mean, all kinds of strange analysis. It's like, well, the the measurements of the tire treads. And there are other documentaries now about bite mark analysis, which has been used in courts of law and in civil courts for a long time. But the more and more we're learning, it's pretty bogus. Uh, there's absolutely no scientific basis in that. It's purely based on just whatever people would say, and this is the the problems that we have. We had it with hair analysis in the past, and we have it now with all kinds of scientific tests that are done in courtrooms um, that are used in not only lawsuits but people who are on death row You know, there's a there's a reason that you have all these people who get out of jail years after the fact because of some DNA test, because they got convicted on the fact that, you know, they had a green carpet in their house or something. This is the the, the tire and the, the carpet analysis, forgive me, that has really been a big thing in the criminal justice system. So we talked to Jerry Buting last week on the show. It was great to hear his perspective. Um, you know, my point of the article is just that we're watching all these series that show how all the problems in our justice system. And, you know, just because someone has an incredibly smart-sounding opinion, they pass it off as science, and it's accepted by juries and judges. Um, maybe we're living through this reality, Joe. Uh, <laughs> wake me up when it's all over. But this happens in our courtrooms every day. And it's pretty—it's very problematic because in many cases, it is people's innocent lives in the criminal system. And in the civil system, it's products that you and I enjoy and uh, hundreds of millions of dollars and things that are going to end up raising our taxes or becoming more expensive. So I think that's the, the main part of this, Joe, is we really need people to try to uphold science. Nothing is a given. Continue to uh, object, continue to go against the grain. That's what science is about. That's what I think makes scientific inquiry so interesting. And I, hopefully we can keep that up and uphold it in the, in the justice system. And, and uh, why not sit down and enjoy some of these Netflix documentaries and you know, learn a thing or two.
0: With that said, uh, Yael, of course, you can hear Yael and his uh, colleague Dave Clement tomorrow at 10 o'clock uh, here on the Big Talker FM as part of their latest edition of the Consumer Choice Radio program. Yael, I'll part ways with you, uh, given what you just uh, said, with the best and most thorough witness testimony I have ever heard in uh, film. And that is, of course, Miss Mona Lisa. Uh, Vito in My Cousin Vinny as the automotive expert in the 1992 (laughs) film, My Cousin Vinny, one of my favorite. This is how we'll part ways with you here today. Expert analysis from none other than Marissa Tomei.
2: Tune-ups, oil changes, brake relining, engine rebuilds, rebuild some trannies, rear ends. Okay, okay. But does being an ex-mechanic necessarily qualify you as being an expert on tire marks? No. Thank you. Goodbye. Sit down and stay there until you're told to leave. Your honor. Ms. Vito's expertise is in general automotive knowledge. It is in this area that her testimony will be applicable. Now, if Mr. Trotter wishes to void diet a witness as to the extent of her expertise in this area, I'm sure he's going to be more than satisfied. Okay. All right. All right. Now, uh, Ms. Vito, being an expert on general automotive knowledge, can you tell me what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four-barrel carburetor? Does that mean that you can't answer it? Is a bullshit? Impossible to answer. Impossible, because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. Your Honor, I move to disqualify Ms. Vito as an expert witness. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64.
0: However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center.
2: Well, oh, she's acceptable, your honor.
0: Yael, is that not the best (laughs) witness scientific explanation that you've ever heard by an expert witness in the history of film? Wow,
1: Joe, that's pretty good. you you got a good stick here. Good clips. I love it.
0: And <laughs> I love it. I, and I just pulled that up as you were describing and talking, by the way. That's what you call a quick trigger finger. Yael, we'll hear you tomorrow on The Big Talker. Thanks a lot. Thanks
1: uh, thanks so much, Joe. Happy Friday.
0: That's Yael Asowski with the Consumer Choice Center. And there's Miss Mona Lisa Vito talking about expert analysis uh, in her auto mechanic uh, knowledge. As we part ways uh, for this Freedom Friday on The Big Talker FM, we've got our local singer-songwriter in, Jared Raymond, who is now... Inside our Big Talker studios atop the Merkinson building. And uh, as we have done every uh, Friday uh, for the last month in the middle of this uh, mess of a shutdown that we've been in, we've turned over the airwaves for the final few minutes of our local program to a local singer-songwriter who is hungry to perform across southeastern North Carolina. So without further ado, we will deliver you Jared Raymond. Stay safe. Stay healthy. It's going to be a great, beautiful weekend out there. Try to get out and enjoy it as much as you can. While being safe and adhering to whatever you believe is the most responsible thing to do for you and your family. I'll be here Monday, 7 o'clock, right here on the Big Talker FM. Have a great weekend. Without further ado, local singer-songwriter Jared Raymond. Good morning. I'm Jared Raymond.
2: To see, honey, please. Dying here upon my knees, going round while I'm still young. Going down every mile, driving down the road into our destination, Shirley West in Destination surely wasting time. I said, where, where will we go? Don't think we are know. I'd never. Oh, can't you see, honey, please, live, live a life you see, traveling ain't wasting time for me, oh, I truly do, hope you stay, don't seem this choice to make, I might as well come on with you, I still where, where will we go, don't think we all know, I never know my place, oh, I feel the burn. summer, rash from darkest nights, when you're blind to day's disguise, you